Hey, what's up? It's Nicole Brewster, also known as Coco. Thank you for tapping into the Elevate Him podcast, where we have tons of topics on how to support our men. Uh, my name is Nicole Brewster, also known as Coco. Um, I moved around when I was younger, but I'm originally from Portland, Oregon, and I, um, my dad was in the military. My mom was just kind of doing her thing, and um, I spent some time in Florida and you know school and my grandma was down there so I would work for her little restaurant and just kind of got acclimated to you know a lot of culture and everything and um, after a while I moved back to Oregon and did junior high and high school and uh, you know just really been out here kind of planted my feet and um, I have three kids I have a son and two girls and, you know, I'm just really passionate about a lot of things, and humanity is one of them. Um, and just, you know, I have a big heart, so I love to give back. I love to spend time, you know, in the community. And, um, yeah, I started Elevate Him. Um, it was kind of a, an idea at first. And um, what had happened was my brother ended up committing suicide, and it really flipped my whole world you know, upside down. So um, it was really hard to understand to that magnitude of death and why. And I was just left with a lot of uncertainty. Did I miss something? You know, was was he needing help? And, and how could I not see anything like that? Um, so he came over to my house. We were hanging out. I made chili. We were watching, you know, football, just kind of laughing. And and hanging out, and um, I could tell something was really heavy on his heart, so um, we got to just kind of talking about just random stuff, and um, I mentioned to him, I said, hey, I have tomorrow off from work, so why don't we get together? I'll help you. You know, at this point, he wanted to go down to the courthouse um, to just, you know, establish some parenting time, some visitation with his kids, and um, so I was like, yeah, I can, I can totally help you with that. Um, let's meet up tomorrow. So tomorrow comes and I'm on the phone with one of my, my friends and um, my other friend was calling and I just kind of muted the call and she called back again. And I'm like, this isn't right. So I, I hit her up. She's like, you need to get over here. And I'm like, what's wrong? And she's like, I can't tell you just get over here. And at this point, I'm just kind of like, first thought was my brother, something happened. And, um, I remember at the time, um, it was kind of a rock, paper, scissor with me and my um, boyfriend at the time, and we were going to go over to my brother's house. Well, he went over there first because he was like, hey, I'm getting the same phone call. I'll go check things out. He goes over to my brother's house, which is a couple blocks away, and um, when he came back to the house, um, he would not get out of the car, and I just had this gut wrenching feeling that something had happened and um I kept banging on the door you know get out the car get out the car he just was bawling like and I knew something was up so he gets out the car and he just says he was sorry I drove over there come to find out my brother took his life so we didn't even get a chance to meet up and and fulfill those plans and get things done um I was my life like I, I felt like I left with him and um it was very, very emotional. Um, I had to tell my family, um, you know, so it was very, very raw. So 
kind of speeding up a little bit, you know, this time had passed and, and I always wanted to do something um, with his stuff and I didn't know what to do in any time. Like it'd become summertime. We were going to have a garage sale. I couldn't, I could not let go of his stuff. There was just no way I was just, I, I, I hung on. And, um, I finally went to a support group and, uh, wanted to just kind of see how to start the healing process. And when I went to my first support group, um, I shared and I felt the abundance of like love and support that everybody knew at that time what it was like to lose somebody by suicide. And so I felt validated. I felt supported in, you know, the pain and the grieving that I was in and, and where I was at with that, that the director uh, came up to me and she said, you know, you just have something very special about you. And, you know, would you be willing to facilitate the first uh, support group in Washington County? And so I thought about it like, man, this is my first time even talking about this, let alone, you know, being told that I would be good at facilitating it. Um, I was still in a lot, a lot of pain. So I did take the uh, the ball and I ran with it. I started my own group in Washington County. Um, there'd be days where we would have, you know, maybe two people show up and there'd be days we had 12. And there wasn't a time that went by that you don't feel this pain every single time, every month. I would go home and cry and cry for not only my my grieving, but just other people and losing their loved one the same way. So it took a lot of time, but I realized that healing people healed myself. And so it got a little bit easier to just cope with life um, and to just kind of move forward. So life for me was happening, you know, um, I was going through a breakup. I um, started working for the airline. I was raising kids, you know, on my own. I was traveling. You know, I kind of put things aside. I felt like I was in a good place. Um, however, it still came up. I still missed him. I still grieved. And um, I remember being at work and I took on a different position at Alaska and I was miserable. And I just think like prior to that, you know, I was going through some stuff. I had just moved back from California. I had no home. I had no job. I had no furniture. Like I left everything here to go down to California and that didn't work out. So I came back to absolutely nothing and had to start over. So there was a lot of humble, a lot of guilt, you know, um, just emotions. And so when I was working for the airline, I kept busy. I kept going. I kept, you know, finding the next level of, you know, my career. So I took a, a position that was very difficult. And I just remember sitting in my car and I was crying, like, what am I doing? I, I'm sad. I'm, I'm hurting. I haven't healed. You know, um, I need to get some help. And so what I ended up doing is I got this sense of quit your job. I got you. And and I was kind of like looking around the car, like who is in the car? Cause that was too pristine, like too precise, um, to hear. And so I thought about it some more. The next day I turned in my badge and I said, I, I, I just, I quit. And they said, cool. Well, if you want to ever come back, let us know. It was on good terms. And then I went home and I felt so free, um, just kind of with my decision. And at that point, I kind of geared back the thought of starting something to be Bill's voice to, to create something that would be helpful. Um, I went back to kind of like those notes in a sense. And um, 
I started thinking about more of doing a nonprofit. So about three weeks later, the pandemic hit and I had no idea. I don't watch TV. I haven't watched the news in two years. So kind of naive at the same time, I wanted to really focus on myself and be in a positive space and just really gear through life in a healthy way without the distractions. And so um, I just really buckled down. I got a chance to redecorate my whole house. I spent hours, you know, and days just cooking and, and prepping and um, I painted and, you know, I got to spend so much time with my kids and I I filled out the paper to do my nonprofit. And with that, you know, I wasn't sure how to do anything. So I had some good supporters. I had some good friends that just kind of came in and said, here's how you do it. Let's get it done. And um, I created Elevate Him in the memory of my brother, William Brewster Jr., known as Bill. And um, I wanted to be Bill's voice and many voices of men across, you know, the nation or the world that contemplate such a big decision. Um, I recognized through my acknowledgement of things that uh, uh, men commit suicide three times higher than women. And um, also with that, um, it's very um, powerful, like in our vets and stuff like that. So you have like these kind of age groups where it's more dominant. And um, as I started to do my research and learn about those things, um, I started to realize it wasn't necessarily a, a, a depression thing. It, it's not like you're born with depression, just like, you know, we're not born with a lot of things. We learn those things. We, we adopt those things. We acclimate to those things. And um, it was very difficult to see that there wasn't a lot of support for men in general. Um, women have a lot of support. Kids have a lot of support, which is hands down. Um, very, very great. I, I love that. Um, but there was this gap between, you know, no resources for men and then a high suicide rate. So it just kind of was like a light bulb to me. So kind of, for instance, you know, we have women who die at a very rapid rate with breast cancer, right? We know that to be true. Um, obviously it took a, a big turn when somebody stood up and said, we got to fundraise, we got to do this, we got to get more education, we got to get more people on board and doing more mammograms and stuff like that to slow that down. Men get breast cancer too, but we don't talk about that because it's not really effective. It's not really an abundance. But how come we don't talk about suicide of men when there's an abundance of it? There's a lot of it. And at a very high, fast rate, not only now we're in a pandemic, right? So you got to think about the men who are supporting, providing, trying to be here, there, and every, you know, where else to provide for their families or even just themselves. And if they get no after no after no, that pressure, uh, they're not taken seriously when it comes to maybe a domestic violence case to them, right? There's a lot of double standards. And so that pressure, they're not being believed. They're not being able to share their emotions and their feelings. Now we live in a culture where women can have no problem with demasculating a man. And so that's another layer to their mental. So what I discovered in my personal opinion was um, you don't have to see a doctor, you know, to talk about these things. You don't have to get a pill shoved down your throat to have solution. 
And what I was finding through my findings of me personally was my brother had a situation he was against. He was going to go up against a court system when he had done time for six years. He wasn't going to be believed because he already had a mark. And it's his word versus her word, right? So what ended up happening, he never made it. He already, he already called that. Now, would his outcome be different? We don't know. But my gear with Elevate Him would create such a level of support that no man would actually want to not see something through that they would have a reason to live, they would have a reason to keep going, to be inspired, to be supported. And so I, you know, again, I put this mission and vision on point. Um, I believe I prayed harder than I worked, um, but I'm very passionate about it and finding the solutions. We can talk all day long, but if nobody has a solution, then ain't no, there's no point in the, in the conversation. So moving forward, Elevate Him is here. Um, we provide, you know, suits. So I have business suits that I handpick and put together. Um, and giving these suits to the men is allowing them confidence. Uh, so if they're getting out of the, you know, incarceration, they have a suit to look good for court. They have a suit to feel good for a job interview. Um, they could just wear it on just a day that they want to feel good. You know, when you look good, you feel good. And that really pours out in just how they conduct themselves and how they they shake hands a little bit different. They they're, they carry themselves with more confidence. And so that was that pitch. We also um, will provide haircuts. You know, it goes hand in hand. You know, I know um, a lot of people want to volunteer, and these will be the places that we could use that. Um, so that's a great kind of uh, bullet point there. We also have men's groups. So. You know, with getting resources and stuff like that, you don't want to feel like you got to go sit in front of a counselor. And let's be real, right now, counselors, you know, they're booked out for, shoot, six months to a year. You might not even get a counselor. So in that time of waiting, in that time until it's your turn, you might have some things come up that you need to get off your chest. And I want to be able to provide a safe place to have like-minded people, other men, discussions, um, to really get men opening up, um, closed mouths don't get fed. So we got to really gear that and push that taboo out that, you know, it's weak if you don't, um, if you talk about stuff. I just, I think that's crazy. Um, I think the strongest are the ones that come through with the testimony. It's powerful to share your story. It's powerful because you don't know who it's going to help and it could help one person and that's still okay. So we have that to offer. Um, again, I've linked up with a lot of people in the community, different organizations, Goodwill, Human Being, uh, United's Credit Union, um, just some of the businesses, K&D Flagging Service, Gliss Staffing Services for Jobs. Um, those are just some of my sponsors. So we got a community full of people, full of other businesses, full of other resources. So why can't we come together and let men feel like they have something to support them of, and, and be of a resource. Um, so I'm getting a lot of connections, a lot of people coming forward. And what I really do love too is um, I'm seeing the women. The women are coming up and saying, hey, wow, you are inspiring me. Um, how can I help? You know, you make me want to be a better wife or a better person and, and understanding that I can let go of my pain and I can turn it into power because I don't want to lose this script on 
I'm a female too. I went through a really bad divorce. I went through, you know, the games. I, I, you know, I was left for somebody else. I was left heartbroken. I came back to nothing and that person was okay. So when I talk about pain and being a female, I'm not saying that women have not gone through some stuff because of men. I want to make that really, really clear because I do um, very much relate to that. But what I want to encourage is if there is a woman out there that is hurting because of a man, we got to heal. We got to get through that pain. We got to get some, you know, some people together to help you through that. So you're not jaded. You're not crippled by wanting to love again. Um, because that's my goal. You know, my goal is to, you know, to have that. And, um, eventually when the time is right, we just, like I said, we got to come together and heal. And if we elevate him, He'll elevate us and we can work and, and coexist and uh, really be a, a, a tool for everybody. We can see maybe more families uh, co-parenting better. We can see maybe even more relationships last, lasting longer because they have an understanding of what is needed to keep going. So that's kind of what I'm about. It's what I'm moving towards. Um, I'm really just excited to see the next phase and um, this whole mission, I, I, it was just a thought. And to see everything here um, and working and doors opening, it, it's very, very powerful. You know, I got the, my T-shirts, you know what I'm saying? And, and it's all over the nation. I have it in Wisconsin, New Hampshire, uh, Washington, Nevada. I mean, it's all over. Um, I even have an actor, Leon Robinson, wearing it, which is huge. He doesn't know me, you know, on a personal like major level we had some connections before in the past he's a super cool dude um but just being able to believe in me believing in the mission and stuff like that um it really created him to want to support i've had a lot of um basically like motivational speakers um people who are doing podcast um interviewing me and wearing the shirt and and in support so um, this is just the beginning, and I just really thank everybody who supported this far, and it's still going to keep going. This is a mustard seed to the amount of um, places this can be. It can be in your own community. It could be in your state. It could be anywhere, um, but it's got to start here, and we got to really pull, you know, um, the resources and the people together to make a difference, and I just, um, I'm really excited for that next step. I have a website. It is www. Excuse me, three dots or three w's. www. Elevate him now. Um, I wanted it to be an urgency because again, we are losing men at a very fast pace. So elevatehimnow.com. Um, it has my phone number. It has email. It has all of our social platforms. Um, and with that, you know, um, you can get the merch on there. There's just tons of ways to volunteer, donate, whatever. So um, with that, um, we also have a, a building that is about to open. Um, it is here in Hillsboro, Oregon. It's just a, a you know little storefront. We got the haircutting booth. We got the, the, the clothing, uh, the resources, and again, the community. And um, I hope to kind of blueprint this enough to where we can get this everywhere. So, um, yeah, check out my Instagram, my Facebook. You can, you know, connect with all of that. See the new stuff that's going up um, and the people that are wearing the merch across the U.S. So, yeah. 
Hey, what's up? It's Nicole Brewster, also known as Coco. Thank you for tapping into the Elevate Him podcast. Until next time.